0: Kia ora, I'm Andrew Whiteside, and today I'm talking with Lolsey Byrne, who is an Irish comedian who's been stranded in New Zealand for the past year, thanks to COVID-19. In this interview, we talk about what she's been doing while she's been here, how she was stalked by a man, and uh, everything else that's going on in her life. Lulzzy Byrne, lovely to meet you on this freezing wet Auckland day.
1: Absolutely. It's very changeable here, isn't it?
0: It can be this time of year, yeah. <laughs> now, the first question I wanted to ask you was, is Lulzzy your real first name? No. Because I wondered, LOL in a comedian's name was just too yeah. coincidental.
1: Well, do you know what? that? I didn't choose it because of that. It's a nickname that my parents gave to me as a kid. People have called me that the whole way through school. And then it just fit in better. I think... <laughs> I had a, an incident uh, a, a few years ago where um, someone using my real name uh, flew from America to Ireland, came to my job that I worked in, and convinced my boss that uh, he was an old friend who needed to get in touch with me oh, wow. very quickly because an emergency had happened. And of course, my boss was like, "Well, yeah, of course." Um, and turned out he's just a, a creepy fan, a stalker. Yeah. Wow. So, so I was so, like, "You got to separate the." The real from the the what you portray out into the yeah public, but I, I rarely answer to I've got it in my real I, w- name, I won't I yeah. won't ask it in yeah. case in case the stalker <laughs> listening I won't I won't let that I'm, out. God, I'm watching so, you watching you yeah.
0: so because of COVID you've been here a long time yeah. longer than you planned to be
1: yeah yeah it's um I initially came over to do the Dunedin Fringe and then I think the plan was kind of just to bounce around see mostly the South Island I landed in Queenstown first to visit a friend who moved out here ages ago and then while I was in Queenstown apocalypse now you know like uh, so my original problem was to go home in by at least July mm-hmm. to celebrate my 30th birthday wow. and then do the Edinburgh Fringe uh, then when all the flights started being cancelled I was like oh, no I'm literally mm-hmm. stuck here there's no yep. I, mean, I was onto embassies and stuff and then the more I thought about it the more I was like, why don't I embrace this? I have
0: mm, my working
1: yeah. visa, why not?
0: And we have electricity here and, yeah. and Netflix. Exactly, you know,
1: yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: So you, you were rescued by cousins, mm-hmm. family cousins. Yeah. And, uh, and so you were just, before the interview, you were saying, so you, you've got work other than gigging.
1: Yes, comedy um, really pays the bills, you know. <laughs> um,
0: so it's been quite an interesting experience for you. And you, I, I know you were saying that you you found the the, the comedy community yeah. really embracing and supportive. Oh, it's and,
1: just it's an absolute dream. My first... So I'd done a couple of open mics and I knew coming over here, I don't have a following. Uh, back home maybe, in America, yeah. But I know over here, nothing. And it was the most refreshing thing ever because it meant I had to start from scratch and really look at my joke writing and go, what is funny here? Not mm. what can you just go off your name and smash it and stuff like that. So I really had to go back to the drawing board. Board started with like open mics and stuff. And then I remember my first gig in the classic and I was really, really nervous because say big gigs back home, everyone could be like, nearly seeing you as competition sometimes. Like the green room can be a little bit like tense. And the second I walked in, two amazing comedians, Bridget and Sarah, were just like, hey, nice to meet you. Come here, sit down, tell us about yourself. And I was like, oh, friends you know so th- this comedy scene is a dream like That's it's right. the most embracing encouraging mm-hmm. scene to be in, and everyone is just so so lovely
0: so your show is the end of days and uh reading the blurb it's about uh you thought the world was going to end in 2012 yeah what was that about what was happening in 2012 for you in
1: 2012 it was um i always call it my year of endings because different transitions in my life and education and and different things like that but I was, like, very overactive imagination as a child, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'd seen a documentary, like, as a, as a child about the end of the world happening in 2012, and it always sat with me.
0: Was that Mayan calendar? Was the that Mayan not, calendar,
1: yeah. Because yeah. I'd heard whispers about it and being like, oh, yeah, whatever, twenty. And then it was like, no, no, the reason why is because the Mayan calendar is ending. And yeah, I was going, oh, well... It, oh. And even, like, I... You'd you'd watch like um like Nostradamus conspiracy yeah. type things and you'd laugh at them. They're like, they thought this was going to happen. But always it kind of sat in the back. I thought, do you know what I thought was going to do it? The Large Hadron Collider. Oh. I was convinced <laughs> like that was 2009 or something. They were like, we're going to fire it up today. And I was like, just maybe don't. Just give it a while. You don't know what you're getting into, there, lads. <laughs> you,
0: you, are you a conspiracy theorist, or are you just you've just got a vivid imagination? Just a vivid
1: imagination, yeah. No, I've which I've, is great for comedy. Yeah, it, yeah, good for comedy, less for anxiety, I think. <laughs> you know, I'm definitely a catastrophizer. Like, you know, yeah. It's
0: well, the thing is, we're living. I, I think human history. There's always been shit going on, you mm. right? Yeah but we seem to be going through a period of time that's really on one level really fascinating but on another level really scary and because of social media and Matt 24-hour news we're just bombarded with it yeah constantly so i think that it does create anxiety
1: yeah it? it is and and it's like misinformation as well like you know because we have so we've so much access and you know it's that a little knowledge is a dangerous thing there's so much little knowledge and it's...
0: And blatant lies, though, yeah, too. Yeah, know, That's the thing. It's, Absolutely. Yeah, so. I saw
1: an amazing uh, uh, meme today where it was like a pyramid and it was like high school diploma, uh, associate's degree, uh, bachelor's, master's, PhD. And then like this tiny thing at the top of the pyramid was like Facebook post <laughs> <laughs> from a friend with no qualifications.
0: Yeah. So, what, so what do you think of social media? You've got quite a few followers on Twitter. over, yeah. over twenty, almost thirty
1: thousand, isn't it? Yeah. In, in I don't I don't check too often. It's yeah. like, I'm, like I like post the jokes and then I leave. Um, do you know? It, it's helped me an awful lot. Yeah. But there are times I wish I could just close down all my mm. my accounts and just. So,
0: yeah. so what's that about? Just the, the all the barrage of news. I mean, you, do you get trolled that. at all? Or?
1: A little bit. You get the odd people who are. Like you'll look and their their account is completely blank and it was created yesterday and they're just sending you abuse. But That's me. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it! You're Damn right. you, lousy! Come,
0: come on, my show.
1: But there's also um, uh what I can't remember the actual name for it, but uh, it's like a parasocial relationship. People feel like they know you on a really oh, of intimate course. level. There's a lot of creeps, a lot of creeps online. The way I combat that is, uh, I, I live with a gorgeous cat called Marlowe who likes to sit on my lap when I'm on the toilet. I've
0: been teaching him Irish. Haven't I you? have been
1: teaching him. Yeah, he's he's mon vocal, very good. <laughs> I don't know where I thought. Um, but yeah, he likes to sit in my lap when I'm on the loo. Um, so I just put pictures of that up, and people are like, "Ew!" <laughs> I'm like, "Yes," <laughs> turning them away, changing their minds. Gosh, that's funny, isn't it? Yeah. So, so he's a lovely cat. It's, it's
0: unusual though to sit on the toilet. But I guess we just want want some company. Just
1: want some company. Bit a bit of warmth. I think. <laughs> well,
0: you know, a, when you're, in, it, you know, when you when you meet someone, you're developing a relationship, and you know you've reached a milestone when you can fart in their presence. Yeah, or, yeah. you know, You can get out of bed and look at absolute fright and all of that. So you know you you've got very quickly to that relationship. Yeah, with we the cat. really
1: do. Yeah, we've we've bonded. Some when I first arrived, um, my my fano were like don't touch the cat, like, don't, he's, he's a savage, he'll kill you, he will absolutely, like, show me their scars. Like, they were like, oh, we used to offer $100 on you and could hold him for more than 30 seconds, and, like, ten minutes later I was like, my baby, <laughs> you know, just
0: like... Have you ever had a really awful moment on stage, somewhere where you either bombed or it was just like, oh, my God, this isn't working, what, what was your kind of...
1: Oh, I've had a few of them, I've had, like, it's hard to, to pinpoint one because, you know, like... I think you always want to put your best face of course, yep. forward and and tell everyone about your best gigs. But like everyone has bad gigs. Everyone mm-hmm. has shockingly bad gigs. Like, you know, um, I, I've gone on forgotten material. I've I've been like hyper nervous to the point of puking. Like um, I've done a couple of college gigs that were like, Carnage.
0: And so, so what got you into it? What, what, why did you want to do this?
1: I've always loved comedy. Like yeah. growing up, I was sat in front of the telly watching Billy Connolly and the Two Ronnies yeah, and yeah. Norman Wisdom things like that. I always liked making people laugh, and I was, I'd say that I was, I was very, you know, that like they go, "Are you the class clown?" Absolutely not. Goody two yeah. shoes the whole way. Wow. But if someone was having a crisis, I would like throw myself on the ground just to make them laugh. Yeah. You know, I that was I, I. Laughter is the the thing I wanted to get from people, and um, I went to university and joined the drama society, writing plays. And the odd time I'd I'm a terrible actor, but I'm <laughs> so I'm so crap. Like, but I'd get comedy roles, and my notes would always be like, "Stop fishing for laughs." <laughs> and then, um, someone was doing uh, I I'd written comedy sets myself, like written them, but like oh, and I'll put them away, and no one will ever see them again, like, um. As someone was doing like a charity comedy night and I was like, can I have a go? And instantly hooked. Just the idea of, it's performance and it's something you've written yourself and you're kind of a, you know, a hyper version of yourself yeah. on stage. You know, people, like, the amount of people I meet and they're like, what do you do? And I'm like, I'm a comedian. They go, ugh, really? No, not you. Oh, really? But yeah, they this just... So I, they,
0: just, they just can't believe that you... Yeah,
1: I don't think I, I give a, a very, you know... Funny ambience. I don't know. Yeah. No. I don't know. No, you don't. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's just I like, I just to make people laugh. My mom always said, if you can be the one smile on someone's crappy day, you've done your job properly. So I really like that.
0: That was the lovely Lulzy Byrne talking about her new show and also a little bit about her life. Now, don't forget, you can visit my website, andrewwhiteside.com, for lots more interviews, entertainment news, events, and plenty of my own opinion. While there, you can also sign up for my newsletter, which comes out uh, weekly, fortnightly, and monthly. I'm Andrew Whiteside. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you soon.